You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome, welcome back to the show, my friend. We're so stoked to have you here today or tonight or this morning or whenever really you're listening to this. I don't care when. Uh, We're just glad you're here. And if you're loving this podcast and all the free education that we bring to you twice a week, we'd love, love, love if you take two minutes today to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Honestly, not only does this help make our day by hearing what you're learning and how you're enjoying the show, but it also helps boost us in the markets, and not the markets, in the rankings, and so people can enjoy the show even more. Plus, it helps us get even more amazing guests on here for you to learn from. So if you have two minutes today or right now to pause this episode and leave us a review, it would mean the world to us. Thank you in advance. If I sing to you, will you leave a review? Thank you in advance. Okay, that was awful. Wow. Okay, anyways, we're just gonna ignore that, that that happened. Okay, anyways, so today we are coming at you with another fire episode answering some of your top questions. We asked you guys in our Facebook Heart and Hustle group, which is in the show notes if you want to join. Um, and then we also asked a few questions on, I think, Instagram uh, polls on the heart to just get some questions from you guys on what your biggest business questions were. So today we're answering questions like, can starting too early with a subpar product or service hurt you in the long term? How can you organize finances and do your taxes without having to hire it out? Can Evie chat about her journey from no structure to structure? How do you go about getting insurance for your business? Is it necessary? How and what do you insure? And then lastly, as a mom who only has time to work at night, how can I still have a shut-off schedule? Whew, those are some good questions. I can't wait to get into them. So if you want to learn about any of those topics, you are in the right place. If you want your question answered on the next episode of the Heart and Hustle podcast and you want to hear your question on the show, then come, like I said, join us in our Facebook group. It's a party. The link is in the show notes. And you'll fi- in there, you'll find amazing creative entrepreneurs creating community, asking questions, and interacting with topics and discussions from the show. And of course, it's the first place we go, like I said, to ask you questions and topics that you want to hear on the show. So anyways, answers to your questions coming up now. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Hello, friend. Welcome to today's show. I am freaking excited for this episode. I feel like it's going to be a... double whammy. I don't know where that word came from. I just, it's going to be good. That's what I'm trying to say. I feel like it's going to be a good, like... <laughs> These are wha- good questions. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, like, oh, what, pow, Anyways, let's move on. So, let's get <laughs> All right. Number one. Dive straight in. <laughs> the first question, Sarah asks, can starting too early with subpar products or services hurt your long-term image? That's a fantastic freaking question, Sarah. Great job, Sarah. Actually, we have so many things to say about this. So I think there's a lot of stuff that could be said about this. So we're just going to try to like dive in and like cut it to you straight. I think, we think, if you come out with a subpar service or product that doesn't necessarily make you irredeemable. However, you 
are probably going to be putting yourself back a few paces than where you could be and kind of like digging yourself into a hole a little bit where you then will have to deal with negative reviews or a negative brand image or reputation. Yeah. With that being said, everyone makes mistakes and nothing is going to be perfect. In no way in this answer did we want to make it sound like you have to be perfect to start. No one's ever going to be perfect to start. Because we also, we also always say like, start before you're ready. Because so many people wait to start something until they feel so perfect, so polished, so financially ready. Like, so there is an element to business where you got to get scrappy and you just got to put stuff out. Yeah. But there, there is like a caveat to that. Like if you just put stuff out with complete disregard to like the quality of it, then yeah, Yeah. it's not, it's going to come back to hurt you. So there is a balance there. So yeah. like while we do say like everyone does make mistakes and that's very true and nothing's like, ever going to be 100% perfect. Right. And that's and okay. that's also true. Yeah. However, here's our thoughts <laughs> on like what ways to make things like excellent. Yeah, which is to do things with excellence. I said I said <laughs> that weird, but my in my opinion and Evie's opinion, I think it's important to do things with excellence from the very beginning to not yeah. just put like crap products out into the world especially if you know they're crap. Yeah, I think that's like to me, that's one of the biggest things is like, if you know that it's like cruddy as heck, then maybe don't put it out there. But if if you yeah. know, okay, this isn't like perfect, but it's really good. And like, it's it'll like, give value. It'll yes. get people results. Yes. And the other thing too, is to realize like when you're first starting, if you're, you know, experimenting and testing with like prototypes for, you know, your macrame art or something like that, and you're selling it for cost or super cheap to like friends and family as you're getting the hang of it and seeing what people are liking and that type of thing, that's fine. You know, same with like a, a service-based business. If, if you're just getting into, you know, makeup artistry or something and you're in school for cosmetology and you're like doing it for free or super cheap on friends. Again, that's fine. Like there's, there's a space for learning and stuff. What we're kind of talking a little bit more about is, you know, if you decide to launch your service or your business or your product and you're charging full price, like competitive market prices, and you know that this service is not worth those prices or, you know, it's, it's not the best product or service that you could be offering. I think that's where we're trying to hit a little bit more of like, if you know, it's a credit product, then probably don't be out there charging full price and pretending like it's a perfect product. So (laughs) a good rule of thumb that we always follow whenever we're getting ready to sell a course, an online digital product or a physical product is would I genuinely want to buy this myself. And if the answer is no, then we don't put it out. Because if we don't want to purchase what we're offering, then like literally no, like why would we, your heart won't be in it. You you will know subconsciously that yeah. it's not the absolute best product or service ever, and it'll show even yeah. if you don't actually say it. Like I don't want to put something out there that I'm like, oh, I would never use that. Yeah. Like that's just like not nice, you know. Yeah. But I think if you are consistently putting out services or products with incredible value that do have results that do change people's lives, and that hard work will come back, and it. It, it will make a difference, I think, is yeah. the, the bottom line. If you're putting, you know, lackluster effort into creating a product or service and you know it and you're just trying to take money from other people or, you know, whatever, like that's when the problem really comes in. Don't strive for perfectionism. Strive for excellence and know that like you're going to get better as you go. Nothing's ever going to be perfect, especially when you're just starting out and just launching. But you do need to put work into it. You do need to put effort into it. You do need to 
be aware that if you genuinely think it's a cruddy product, then probably you shouldn't be out there trying to sell it and create a brand off of it because that's probably when you're going to really have some bad brand reputation that's going to come back to bite you and that you can't maybe can get over, but it's going to take a lot more work than if you just waited and put out a good product to begin with. Yeah. I think overall, if it means to go the extra mile now versus shortcut to get it done fast, but not excellently, always choose the extra mile. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Ah. (laughs) All right. Next question. All right. Next question is from Jesse, and it is, how do you organize finances and do your taxes without having to hire it out? Lindsay, do you want to take this one? I literally, when we read this, first off, Jesse, this is a great question. It is a valid question, but the first thought that popped into my mind was like, lol's hired out. Like it's it like the question is almost phrased like, how do I do all this hard work that I'm not good at that I don't know how to do without hiring it out to a professional? And I'm like, you will save so much time, hassle, and stress. And, and stress, which yeah. and honestly, because of that money, if you don't, if you just hire it out or yeah. if you do it yourself. Yeah. Uh, but what am I trying to say is like when we say hire it out, we don't mean like, oh, you have to get, like, if you just started your business, you don't have to have a monthly bookkeeper that you're paying, like, $500 a month. Like, no, yeah. do that once you have, like, money in the bank and, like, you have a system rolling. Yeah. When I say hired out, I just mean pay 75 bucks in April once a year and go to H&R Block or do your lo- local accountant to do your tax returns. Yeah. That's all I mean when I say hired out. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you're, if you don't have an accountant yearly working for you to manage your books or a bookkeeper, then, yeah, you do have to have, like some strategies and some tools to kind of just keep it uh, organized, which we'll tackle in a minute. But I just want to say as a business owner, I think even not even a business owner, even people in normal life have to hire out like doing their taxes. Yeah. Taxes aren't something to mess around with. I think that's the one thing we want to like throw out there, especially like as a business owner, like you don't want to play around with your taxes. You are not the expert in accounting, you are the expert in your business field, unless that happens to be accounting, then fantastic, you'll already know what to do. (laughs) But if you are not a CPA, then let the expert handle it as much as possible. Even if that's just your year-end taxes, which is usually a pretty reasonable fee at the end of the year to have somebody help you organize and submit your taxes and make sure all the forms are filled out correctly and all of that stuff. But with that being said, here are some practical tips to help you make your taxes a little bit easier. Yeah, I would say take photos of your receipts and save them in a folder on your phone. Our accountant actually gave us that tip in episode, I Lord, I don't even know what it is. It was like one of the first ones. It was like episode seven or eight, I think. But that's a really great way so that we don't have to keep like a box of receipts and then like give them to him. Like, don't do that. Um, (laughs) Track your mileage on an app called Mileage IQ. What that is, I think, what did I say? Mileage IQ. It's Mileage IQ. Very, very similar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but if you're uh, searching it in the app store. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mile IQ. My bad. Um, it's $10, worth the $10. It yeah. Basically, if you have it running, because you take your phone almost every single time you drive your car. So it tracks every single one of your drives. So what I do is weekly, I just go through the app and it's like it's like Tinder. You swipe left if it's a personal drive and you swipe right if it's a business drive. And then that way, at the end of the year, you can just export all the business drives, give that to yeah. your accountant. That's your mileage for business for the year. Um, yeah. So that's incredible. Uh, yeah. Highly recommend that. The we next else... thing I would say... Oh, sorry. What, what were you going to say? No, you're good. I was going to dive into the next thing. So go for it. Nope, you're answering the next question in full, so I'm going to keep going. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I don't know why I said no, this keep, is Keep going. This is my turn. This is my turn. Step away from the mic, Evie. Anyways, anyways, um, 
I would also say purchase everything for your business solely through your business bank account. Um, don't like be like, oh, I don't have it with me. Like just try as much as you can to separate personal finances versus business finances. That will just make your life so much easier. Next, know what you can write off and what isn't a write-off. So a lot of things are write-off for your businesses. For example, expenses, whether that's travel expenses, whether it's equipment or like your subscriptions that you use for in your business, your domains, your URL, all of that. Like just everything that you buy to use in your business is an expense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you work from home, I know a percentage of your house, like of your mortgage can actually be written off like for the square footage of your office. So there are fact, caveats though. So pay, talk to an accountant right. about that. <laughs> we are not licensed CPAs. <laughs> Clarification. Just, yes. <laughs> Please don't come back and get mad at us. <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm pretty sure if you're using your phone for a primary like all, like work purposes, you can write off your phone bill. Um, so there's just different things like that. Again, check, check with your accountant, but know in general, like what you can write off, what you can't. I, I tried this one, clothes from Target. <laughs> can't count unfortunately <laughs> i tried to i tried to pull that and and get them i'd be like what i was buying an outfit for a wedding and, <laughs> and my account was like you yeah, know <laughs> i mean you unless can unless you have to well you also i think it it depends cuz i also try i did this for like when i was working at the restaurant like my work uniform or whatever it was like if i'm wearing that well, solely for well, but even as a photographer, if you are purchasing one outfit and you never wear it to anything other than to work, then it can be a write-off. But if you ever wear that like jumpsuit or that that's dress or so something hard. outside, then... I want to wear that black jumpsuit elsewhere. <laughs> See, that's where I believe, again, not a CPA, but I believe that's where you can't write it off. So, <laughs> Well, I'm just giving you the facts, guys. We can't go on Target shopping sprees and write that off as a business <laughs> expense. Sorry to break it to you. The, the other thing that I will just want to throw in here is like on the beginning part of that question of how do you organize finances... Let's just, really fast. If you haven't listened to Mike Michalowicz's episode on this podcast of Profit First or read his oh, that's book, a great Profit one. First, we're just going to throw that in here. That's a really great business owner book on finances of how to organize them so that you actually see what's going on in your business. It's organized. Yeah. It's simplified. So just throwing that in there because I know we talked a lot about the tax side of things, but yep. I don't know what, again <laughs> what that number is off the top of our heads, but we'll link that in the show notes. Yes. Perfect. Okay. All right. Next one, Annie asked. This is the question for Evie, so I'll ask it and then you go. Okay. Ready? (laughs) Yes. Clarify. Annie asks, can Evie chat about her journey from no structure to structure? Okay, I don't know where the British accent came from. All right. Thanks, Annie. No structure to structure. (laughs) Thanks, Annie. Um, I have, this is my time to shine. I have so many things to say but I will try to keep this very short. So if you don't know me and my story, because I talk about this a ton on like social media and all over, I am an Enneagram 7. And so I used to think that if you don't know an Enneagram 7, we, and I, not to put myself in a box, not to put anyone in Enneagram in a box, but I have found this to be true in my life and I have seen it written as a characteristic of a 7. So let me just explain. We think structure is from the devil. And that anything trying to uh, constrain us, put us in a box, or keep us from our freedom is uh, trying to murder us and we despise it. So (laughs) for me, I used to truly believe and think and feel that structure chained me up. Like I felt like it held me back from fully enjoying life and I did not want any routines. I didn't want a schedule. If I... As when I was getting into wedding photography and I would be booking clients and putting them on my calendar like 
eight months, nine months in advance, I would literally be internally cringing because the idea of locking myself into having to be at a certain place at a certain time, like a year down the road, made me want to curl up into a ball and cry. Like that's how it felt to me. I hated any sort of like constraint or constriction and like a schedule a year out, like I couldn't handle it. So that's just to give you like when Annie's asking my journey from no structure to structure is that's where I was at. I hated anything that resembled structure. But I slowly discovered as more and more responsibility was added to my plate, like an independent responsibility, like building my business. And there was more tasks and more responsibilities and more to-dos and things like that, that I was falling apart. And any time that I would take off, I felt guilty. I couldn't fully relax. I felt like lazy or like a failure. And that is so unhealthy. I am not trying to say that that was a good thing, but it was a very key trigger and like red flag to me that my lack of structure was actually putting me into a cage, which I thought structure would be doing. So it was like, I slowly began to realize that I couldn't maintain my life or my business in a healthy and balanced way with the mental and emotional jumble that was my literal daily life. And I couldn't scale my business in that disorganization and that I actually wasn't feeling that free. And that freedom that I was craving by like rejecting structure, I was actually like literally feeling like I was being put into a cage. And so I began to really work on my structure. And it started with things like organizing my calendar based on task priorities and paying attention to, you know, the priority of things, experimenting with time blocking, beginning to really keep to-do lists and messing around with what structure works best for my brain within those lists and kind of breaking up those lists into, you know, the four different types of lists that I use now. Um, And then hiring on like my VA, Rachel, to help me organize my email inbox, my Google Drive, to help manage things on the back end, like that are very structural, very like organizational focused, because that isn't necessarily my primary strength, even though I'm working out that muscle like crazy in the past few years, and it's becoming so much better. I knew at that season of life, like I wasn't immediately going to be able to lift like 500 pounds. I needed somebody else who had that muscle already to come in and help me. So bringing in someone like Rachel and then figuring out what my life priorities were and what I really wanted in my life. Like for example, did I want daily workouts? Did I want to make time for that? Did I want days off and and work stop times, like shut off times. And I really began to kind of schedule those in. Like, okay, I want a daily workout and I'm usually really tired in the evenings and I just want to like relax or go for a walk or something. Like I don't want to work out in the evenings. I'm going to start working out in the mornings. Okay, well, a lot of my meetings are starting around 9 a.m. I need to work out before 9 a.m. I need to work out, you know. So like that type of thing where I started just like fitting it all, like like a little game of Tetris or something. Like fitting each piece into where it kind of fit into my life. So it was a learning process for sure. But I just discovered that the more I embrace structure, the more freedom I actually have in my life. And I know that sounds so counterintuitive, but it's truly revolutionized my life. And even as a strong Enneagram 7, like I love having that structure because I can fully relax when I'm you know, off the clock. When if 4 p.m. comes and it's work shutoff time, 
I don't feel guilty. I know that like I have managed my time extremely well and everything that's urgent has already been completed and anything else is for the next day. And I can stop and I can unwind. I can hang out with Landon. I can go for a walk. I can hang out with friends. I can take, you know, a month off for a vacation in the summer or the fall or whenever, because I know I've planned for it. And I, you know, things are taken care of on the back end. So it sounds really counterintuitive to be like, structure makes you more free, but it truly does. So I think if you're trying to like take a a journey to structure, my encouragement is that it just starts with small tasks and it it's different for every person. So I just figure out what works best for you. And I'll try to do a YouTube video on this maybe a little bit and share a little bit more of like my process, like personally and diving more in depth, or maybe we'll do a podcast episode on it or something. But it for me was just a lot of trial and error and giving myself grace and a lot of self-discipline to embrace that structure. And my life is completely different now. I can think clearly, I can relax, I can get more done in less time. Like I have more time for the things that that matter to me, like family and friends and time off and, you know, my personal health. But I, that's just a little glimpse into my journey. So Annie, thank you for asking. <laughs> hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part, (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. If you're enjoying what you're getting in this podcast for free, then you're about to get your mind blown with what we offer in our educational courses. If you're ready to uplevel your business, serve your clients like never before and reach revenue goals that you barely dared to dream of, then we're ready to help. Our courses are packed full of tools, formulas, strategies, and resources to help you kick freaking butt in biz. Whether you choose the photo major, a complete course for photographers, or the content photo minor, a mini course on how to finally slay your content photos for your blog, Insta, headshots, whatever, you will walk away with more knowledge than you ever thought possible. And here's the reality. We are here to see you succeed always and forever. And that is why we created each and every one of these courses. To check them out for yourself, read the reviews and look at each course syllabus, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. I just got like a biblical like hit even in that. (gasps) Like, yeah, you said, you said, 
the more I embrace structure, the more freedom I have. And I feel like that's so, that's so true in life. The more that you embrace like obedience, the more like obedience to the Lord, the more freedom you have. Even though like people read the Bible and they're like, oh, he has so many rules that you have to follow. Um, With my voice as well. Anyways. Not even obedience, but like discipline, which is yeah. very, very similar to structure. Like yeah. the more you are disciplined, yep. it's why like when you give kids boundaries, or maybe you could honestly even replace that with boundaries, the more you have boundaries, yeah. the more freedom you actually have. Yeah. And it's like when you give kids boundaries, yep. they actually are more free to play and to be creative and to like thrive, yep. which is just so true for all of life. Yeah. Anyways, true. just had to throw my little biblical nugget in there. <laughs> Anyways. I love that. Okay, I'll ask the next question, and then you can answer this one. What do you think? Sure. Okay. Although I like the last question, too, because it's about a mother situation. Okay. So we can well, both then, answer. Whatever. <laughs> We're a hot mess today. Let's dive on in. Why don't you ask the question, I'll answer it, and then you can do the Sarah one. Sure. Okay. okay. Madeline asks, <laughs> how do you go about insurance for your business? Is it necessary? How and what do you insure? Madeline, okay. that is a fan-freaking-tastic question. This Thank is you a for great question. It. We have thoughts. Okay. Uh, yes. It very is necessary. very, very, very necessary. Please. I want to have make an insurance. analogy real fast. <laughs> okay, I know it can it. be like, oh, business. Do I really need insurance for my business? I like to think of it like health insurance. Do you really need health insurance? Well, no, until you break your knee and then <laughs> you really need it. Yeah. It's I mean, true. that's what that's what insurance is kind of across the board. You're like, yeah. here, let me take the insurance to another <laughs> insurance category. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yes, it is very, very, very necessary. You could It's lose, like a preventative payment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could also like you, business is scary sometimes, <laughs> not to scare you off, but you can lose your entire business if you don't have insurance and if you don't have like your LLC set up and all that stuff. So even though it's very confusing sometimes, it can feel a little intimidating, it is very necessary. Please have all of that stuff set up. But if you said like how and what to insure, Property insurance and liability insurance are two of the like must-haves as a business owner. There's a lot of other things and a lot of other like, you know, areas that we could talk about. We are not insurance agents. So work with an insurance agent or an expert to help you figure out how and what to insure. But a couple recommendations from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use State Farm and I cannot recommend them enough for small business owners, especially like photographers. They are just incredible. Their rates are so good. Their coverage is like stellar um, destination photographers. They also have like an island or yeah, an inland marine, island marine, inland marine policy. Wow. I feel like I did not know (laughs) what I was saying there. Anyways, they have stuff that helps ensure my gear and myself overseas if I'm traveling for stuff and whatnot. So they're just very, very solid coverage. And every State Farm agent that I've ever like talked to or worked with has been incredibly kind and sweet. Um, Like love them to death. So I highly recommend them. And then Lindsay. Yeah. I use Allstate now. I don't want to drag another company through the mud. Uh, so I'm not going to say their name, but if you want to DM me, I can tell you. Um, if you yeah, um, oh, actually, let's say something. If wait, you what? are a photographer who is looking yeah. for insurance and or currently has insurance DM and me. you're and you're you're concerned about the insurance choice that you have, DM Lindsay or me. We yeah, both have we thoughts. We both have thoughts on. This well, company. here, let me let me share. So I I have Allstate now. I didn't used to have Allstate. I love Allstate now. They're great now for me. But I used to have another, and again, I don't want to pu- like publicly shame them because that's not what my heart is. Um, however, I was insured under somebody else and I was on a shoot, so actively working. And I got my 
I was actually shooting. So all I had with me was a camera, a lens, and then obviously the SD card in it. And my backpack was stolen while like I wasn't looking at the backpack. In the backpack was uh, my other camera body, my other lens, my wallet, my car keys. Think about everything that's in your wallet. Uh, Your like ID, like literally everything. Everything. My phone, my phone, everything was stolen. Everything. And this company did not pay me a dime for any of it because they were like, there's no proof that it was stolen. Like it could have just been lost. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) And also I think another reason that they didn't and like didn't pay for anything was because it like the things weren't purchased. Like I, I had signed up for that insurance agent, but like, like some of those things, like my wallet or my car keys were purchased before I had signed up for that insurance. So sometimes yeah. that's just a note when you're looking at insurance policies. Pay sometimes people, loopholes. right, they won't insure you unless you lose something that you was bought after you are insured by them. And I'm like, okay, well, I would have had to be insured by you like six years ago before I started my business then. Which like, is so stupid. dumb because what you're supposed to do is list all of your gear regardless of the purchase date right? and they're covering it. Like that's what's supposed to happen. But I was insured by the same people And when that happened to Lindsay, I began to do a lot of research on this company because I began to have hesitations and I started seeing horror story after horror story online. I mean, that was literally like literally the situation that happened to me is literally why you would need property insurance. Yeah. Like it was literally why she was paying a monthly fee and they refused to cover it. So we're not trying to (laughs) we're not trying to like bash them, but also we just want to say like we do not recommend them. Um, We've heard enough friends and like Google searches and Lindsay's personal experience that neither one of us can recommend them even in the least now. So if you are a photographer and have insurance and or are considering insurance, we DM us and we'll just make sure that you don't get screwed over because it happened to Lindsay and it was not fun and we don't want you to, that to happen to you. So yeah, All insurance right. is important though. That's the bottom line. <laughs> yes. It, 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 good insurance is important because you don't want to get in a situation where they cover nothing. Okay. okay moving on. I'll ask this question. And Lindsay, <laughs> okay, great. You got it. All right. So Sarah asks, as a mom who's only had time to work at night, how can I... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Okay. As a mom who only has time to work at night, how can I still have a shutoff schedule? I think this is ironic because I'm going to answer it, but I almost wonder if that was asked like due to you talking on, because I think we asked, or this question I think came from Instagram. And I think it's because you talk about a lot about like your evening routine, which I have an Mm -hmm. evening routine too. I just don't talk about it as much. Um, But also our evening routines look completely different because- I have a child, you don't. Right. But it's interesting. It, it it almost, and I might be completely putting this into Sarah's space. So if that's not true, I apologize. But it almost feels like she might be looking at you and mm. your your personal like my routine routine and being like, well, Evie has a shutoff time. Well, even like, even just like how we recommend, like, hey, stop work at a certain time. Yeah. Still have a shutoff time. I think that's probably honestly more so what she's talking about is like, I'm a mom, so I can't work during the day. Yeah. So I have to work at night when my kids are asleep. What do I do? How do I have a shutoff time? So yeah. I have a bunch of tips for you, Sarah. And I think the first one is even if you're working at night, you should still have a time where you turn off work for the day, even if that's 10 p.m. Like, even if your season is like, okay, put the kids in bed at seven. Okay, now I have three hours to chug it out. Like, don't ruin yourself so much that you're literally staying up till like 2 a.m. Like, and maybe there's, I, I get that there is seasons of life where, where things are crazy and like things have to get done. I totally get that. But in general, 
like don't burn yourself to the ground. So even if you are in a season like that, where you have to work at night, still have a cutoff time, even if it's obviously later. Um, Can I also interject here really fast and say, if you are working a little different hours, like you're working at night and that's the season that you like you have, you're in right now, period have a start time because I think that's really important that you're not feeling throughout the entire day like, I need to be working. I need to be working. I need to be working. And that's just adding unnecessary stress to your plate. You -hmm. need to have a specific start and stop time so that during the day you can be fully present with your kids or fully present in your other job or whatever that looks like. And you're not having that residual like uh, guilt or residual pressure that you should be doing something else. Like, no, you are currently in work mode as a mom and that's fine. And then 7 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m., whatever that looks like, that's your start time for your other job. And that's when you click in. So I just want to throw that out there. It's not yeah. just about the shutoff time, especially if you're doing like evening work. Like it's also about the start time to make sure you have allotted space where you can fully focus on each task and each responsibility that you're doing and not feel guilty. Okay. I'll shut up now. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. That was really good. I would also remember that evening work in your season of life will not last forever. And I think it's important to remember that. Um, But if that is a season of life that you're in and you can't have a shutoff time at, at 7 p.m. because that's when work has to start. Okay, cool. If you value that quiet time alone as a mom, then when can you do it without any interruptions? Maybe that means getting up at 5 a.m., getting up earlier. And maybe you value sleep more. Okay, if you value sleep more, then sleep. But if you value like quiet time alone, then get up at 5 a.m. And that's maybe when you have have an early quiet bath or read or have your coffee or whatever it is you do for your quiet alone time. Do it in the morning versus the evening. Um, But then I would also say, Just in general, if this is the season that you're in, which a lot of moms are, so I relate, tips for being able to get work done during the day so you don't always have to work at night. And if you have to, absolutely, okay, then do what we've said before. But I just want to try to give you some ideas, some creative freedom to free up your your brain to try to think of ways to get work done during the day if you are able to. So one option is to hire a babysitter, babysitter, (laughs) um, Hire a babysitter even just once a week for a few hours and chug out the deep work that you have that you can't do with kids around. Like when you just need them completely gone, like save your deep work for then. And now if you can't hire a babysitter, then try having your spouse or your partner or a family member watch the kids when they get home or or like when they get home from work or if they're there during the day, some people work at home and they have flexible schedules, then have them watch the kids for a few hours. Like even if you don't have money to hire a babysitter, there's still some flexibility there. Unless you're a single mom, which you are the biggest rock star in the world. Uh, so there's some other tips that I'm going to keep saying. But um, in general, uh, another tip is to work during their nap times during the day. I know that's hard with multiple kids if they're not all napping at the same time or if they just don't all nap. Um But if you are able to work during their nap times, that's a great time as well. Um, And then something else that I would recommend, if you have multiple kids, especially kids that don't nap or refuse to nap, um, is work on trying to teach your kids self-play. So I know that that's way easier said than done. But even if you start disciplining and creating a structure so that they know that, hey, during this 30 minute to an hour time block, mom has to do work and they get to play in their rooms with their toys, et cetera. Like, even if they aren't used to that, it's gonna take some adjusting. So you might, it might not be an easy transition if they've never learned to self-play before. But honestly, even like 
this question aside, teaching your kids from a very young age to self-play is like awesome. So mm-hmm. you can have like a breath alone. Um, do, we, do you want to talk about allowing your kids to be bored in, in here at all? What do you mean? Is that a whole nother conversation? That might be a whole other cover. I encourage having them be bored because then they like have to get creative. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like Which, having, I'm like not a mom. I'm like, here, do you want to talk about <laughs> talk about letting your kids be bored? I, I just, could go off on screens for days, but I think I wrote that in another episode that's coming up. So I won't. Okay. Here. Well, we'll just, we'll just move on. But also, Because it's I really just, easy, especially in situations like this, if you need to work to be like, oh, here, Netflix, be the babysitter. Yeah. Uh, and that's easy in the moment to do. I think that's a little, I just, I have thoughts on that, but. Well, I think um, there's also like seasons or times or like exceptions and stuff. Like, yeah, but no, for sure. What about letting your kids outside so they can go like play in the sandbox or something like that? And well, yeah, but what if you don't have a fence, Evie? What if you oh, don't have a fence? That's, that's true. <laughs> I feel like I'm the TikTok lady, like that TikTok trend that's like, they ask a question and then it's like that, that ominous sound. It's like, okay, mom. Okay, what? What are you going to do about it? Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, Evie, what if I don't have a fence? No, what are you going to do? going to run into the street? My child's going to die? Like, anyways. Oh, that escalated quickly. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, I think just to end this question, I want to validate the work that moms do because I know it's hard. Like I'm there with you and I see you and I want to validate your exhaustion because you're doing hard work. And I just want to let you know, if you're a mom listening to this, you are an incredible mother. There are seasons where different things have to take priority and that's okay. If you're in a season where work has to take the sidelines, that is okay. Like focus on your children, do what you got to do. And I just, you're not expected to be a superhuman who does it all 24-7 every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Like you are doing an incredible job even when you don't feel like you are. So I just wanted to say that because um, I think there probably is moms out there that are exhausted and just could use the encouragement. I love that. Well, that was our last question for today. So yes. hopefully this episode was encouraging and fun and helpful and gave you some inspiration and or education and or encouragement. Um, We just love doing these Q&As. So if you want to have your question answered on a future Q&A, come join the Heart and Hustle Facebook community. It is fun over there. We love seeing a bunch of like-minded entrepreneurs and creative business owners just coming together. So feel free to come over there and join. If you listened to today's episode and it was helpful and you enjoyed it, we would love for you to screenshot and share on social media and tag us at Mrs. Lindsay Roman, at The Heart University, and at Evie Rupp. We would love to just see what you're loving and learning and be able to chat with you for a second. So, And we are cheering you on in your corner. Go kick butt today. (laughs) 